So thank you so much, Mikhail, for taking the time to come on my show and have a chat with me. I really appreciate it. Of course, no problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, I would like to just start off by uh, finding out a little bit more about you. So could you explain to the audience a bit more about who you are and what is your story? Sure. So my name is Mikhail Umar. Um, I'm now, as of Monday, uh, a 22-year-old computer engineering student at the University of Pretoria. Uh, Well, that's what I do in the day and by night. I am an entrepreneur. I have multiple businesses which I'm running concurrently. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best way to describe it. I'm quite a funny guy too. I do have a personality, I promise. <laughs> I don't just sit behind the screen the whole day. Um, I do go out, I do have fun. I, I try my best to balance my life. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, happy birthday in advance for, for Monday. It was last Monday. Oh, last Monday. Monday. Oh, oh, I thought you meant next Monday. So I was 21. Uh, Yeah. I was 21. I just turned 22. Yeah. Well, happy belated. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's just really, really cool to hear um, just a little bit more about your story. Uh, So you you mentioned that you are currently uh, pursuing a degree in computer engineering. Am I right? That's correct. Yes. Uh, And so while you're doing that, which is, you know, already quite an intense degree, um, and, you know, also running these businesses simultaneously. So uh, could you kind of just give us a run through of like how you got here? Like, how did you go from being this um, this kid in high school, you know, who was kind of like similar to everyone else into where you are now doing a degree, running multiple businesses at the same time? OK, so I'm going to give uh, a quick rundown of exactly how it happened. Um, firstly, I wasn't actually a normal kid in high school. Um, a normal kid in high school, even if they're extremely clever, is still a normal kid in high school. Mm. So by no means am I saying that I'm clever. Um, what I'm saying is I had a job. <laughs> I had a job at the ice store um, from the age of 16. So I, I was working at the ice store head office from the age of 16. And what they taught me at the ice store head office uh, or while I was working there was how to sell. Mm. And all along from primary school time, I was always selling things like I would sell headphones, I would sell juices, I would sell anything, that, anything pretty much that someone could buy. I would sell pens and then I started working in the duck shop. So I always had that business mindset of wanting to sell things. Yeah. And then I got to the eye store and I was out selling pretty much everyone at the store, even just working on weekends most of the time. And a weekend was... Um, because I had to go to school on Saturday because I was, I was at an all boys school. I'd have essentially eight hours to 10 hours in a weekend to make up what everyone has done in the entire week. And um, I really learned my selling seal there. And then I got to university and I said, nah, I'm, there's no ways I can keep this job while I'm still studying. Mm. And so I quit the job, started focusing on campus, um, everything happening here. And um, what I, what happened at campus was I, I started becoming bored. I started mm. thinking of like all of these ideas. And yeah. At that time, I, I just moved out. Also, just moved out my second day in my new flat. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, so I, I had just moved out and I was just like thinking of all of these things of what I could do with my time, how I could, you know, be better, not yeah. just waste, waste time per se. And so I joined uh, the TEDx uh, 
TEDx University Pretoria subcommittee. Yeah. And it's not what I thought it was going to be because I thought I was going to be speaking. I don't know what I was going to speak about, but I, I thought I was going to be speaking, but it was more actually setting up the events that we would do. And um, I got put onto the content creation team for video. Now, <laughs> I was not good at video. I'm still not good at video. I mean, <laughs> taking videos on a phone, yes, I'm great. But more like video editing and all of that, I am horrible. I am absolutely horrible at that. So I don't know how I got put there. I, I think I volunteered myself or whatever. And um, it was part of the content creation subcommittee. So there were people who were using Canva and stuff like that for uh, creating content for the Instagram. And I was very interested in Canva because I find Canva to be one of the most powerful tools on the free internet. It is extremely, extremely powerful for, for free. And I mean, even the, the pro version for what you're paying, it's, it's so cheap for, for, for what you're getting. Um, so yeah, Canva, I, I started becoming interested and my uncle at the time was opening some restaurants and I told him, let me design a menu for you. And him being the uncle he is, he said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I designed it and it looked absolutely horrible. It looked absolutely horrible. Um, I, 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 I can't even tell you how bad it looked. And um, he went with it. He said, yeah, cool, no problem. And he used it. And, um, and then I said, okay, do you need a website? And I went and I started, started going through all of these builders, Wix and GoDaddy and this one and that one. And I went through about 30 builders before I found what we use now. Um, and um, yeah, that, that's pretty much how it started, how the first business started. And since then, it's more been like, what do I enjoy? What do I want to share with people? What do I want to bring to? I love bringing value to people. I love bringing value to businesses. So what value could I bring to other people and businesses? And that's the way I look at all of these new companies, all of these businesses that I now have. It's more, how do I bring value in something that I am passionate about? So yeah, long story short, um, I redesigned his menu as well <laughs> after I became yeah. better at design. Uh, made sure that um, I, I gave him a good menu at the end of the day. Started developing websites and um, I learned everything I know from YouTube. So uh, it was all from YouTube and um, what I had done is I started getting more clients because people would be seeing, okay, we're developing websites and I got more clients and more clients and then I started, I started a team and the team grew three, five, eight, ten and now it's all the way up to 21 employees. So it's, it's, it's grown, it's, it's grown very well. Um, and, and this is uh, the main company that I'm talking about. It's Megabyte. Um, that's the web development company. And obviously, I've been opening new companies, failing at new companies. And yeah, that's pretty much the story. Wow, that's really incredible. And I think there's definitely a lot to learn from that. I mean, you mentioned that like sales is something that is like a really important skill that you found for you. Uh, just finding like not only just following your passion, but also aiming to bring value to people through your passion has been really important to you. And even like 
failing in businesses. I think that's a really interesting thing that you mentioned right at the end. Uh, most people, you know, when you hear a story about someone who's starting businesses, they kind of just like, oh, I did this and this and this, and then the person is successful. And they don't really talk about the failure. So, uh, yeah, really interesting way to start off. And I think I think it's really important and and a kind of obvious place to start would be to talk about time management because, you know, I think a lot of students struggle to to manage their time in general, like just being regular students, let alone while running several businesses. And there is a lot of advice out there, but how have you kind of tried to manage your time and what, what have you found works for you and hasn't worked for you? So I've never been good at time management. Um, ever since I was a kid, my, my, my mother always used to tell me, you need to fix your time management. Your time management is horrible. Mm. I think the managing time thing is, is, is very selective to the person. It's more how each person does things. And I am the type of person who, who is very chaotically organized. So I have everything everywhere, but it's organized everywhere. So... Um, I'll always set myself dates and tasks and stuff to, to meet deadlines and I'll make sure that those deadlines are met. Um, but as an example now with, with Micabyte, what I've done is over the last two years, I've been slowly building it up to a point where it's become self-run. So I don't need to provide any input. I don't need to provide any assistance most of the time. Obviously, as a, as a business owner, you always have to be hands-on and still provide input, but more assistance and, you know, constantly doing things. If I, I mean, nowadays, I, I think maybe I'll commit half an hour a day to the company, roughly. Some days, wow. it'll be more. Some days, some days it will be maybe three, four hours. Like, it, it, it purely depends. But I would say on average, it's about half an hour. And it's more like just checking over messages, checking everyone's happy, checking that everything's all in order, getting updated. So it, it's very, 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 very difficult to manage a degree with multiple companies. Forget one. I, I, mean, I mean, forget multiple, just one. Managing just one company with your degree while you still have a social life, while yeah. you still have, I mean, I'm actually going for, for ball after this. Mm. <laughs> like you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to play in, in, indoor tonight I'm going yeah. to play tomorrow night I play paddle so it's, it's not like I don't have life it's mm. just uh, this weekend I have uh, Friday night I have a party Saturday night I have a party so it's just about how you do it we can have everything we can we can have everything we can have the degree we can have the company we can have the social life this year I've travelled 15 times mm. so I'm traveling. Um, you know, it's there's everyone says there's not enough time, or there's always excuses. Everyone can always make excuses because the easiest thing to do. Mm. And I used to make excuses. I used to say, no, you know, like uh, I have this, I have that. I'm studying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But when you actually compartmentalize it, so there'll always be yeah. an excuse for why we don't have time, but never an excuse for why we do have that now mm. what i've also found is there's these little gaps in the day where we will just waste time oh also i 
I have a social media life. I I use Instagram. Mm. I use TikTok. I use Twitter. <laughs> it's it's not like I'm I'm depriving myself of anything to get to this point. It, it I'm doing whatever I want to. So again, I I don't think there's a there's a method to it. I think it's 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 very personalized to everyone. But what I find is, I try and compartmentalize my day so that certain times of the day when I'm doing campus work, I'm doing campus work. My phone must be off. I, even if a, if a client calls, I'm busy. I'm, I'm, I'm busy with, with, with work. And then after that, like even, even during campus time, I don't even work. I completely switch off and be like, I'm not working. When I'm traveling, I don't work. So it's, it's, it's more, you need to find that balance because I never used to have that balance and I would burn both sides of the candle and eventually I would just burn out. And now it's gotten to a point where I'm, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm, I'm happy, I'm full of energy. I'm, it's, so it will take time and it's not the easiest thing to do. Time management is so difficult, but I think I, I, I don't know what advice to give. Just see what works for you. See if um, if you prefer doing certain things at certain times or making a timetable. I don't use a timetable. My my PA actually hates me because um, she would put things in my calendar, but I don't use my calendar. I use alarms on my phone. So like as an example for this meeting, I just had an alarm on my phone to tell me I have something. It won't say what it is, but I have something. So I use that, I use WhatsApp. So I leave messages unread. And when I leave them unread, I'll go back to it. So I, I'll, I'll try and get to zero unread by the end of the day so that I know that I've gotten to everyone and I can just archive those chats. And then if anyone messages again, it's like sort of like a, like a self-reminder system. And usually people are reminding me to do things like, um, you need to phone this person, do that. And when I go into the chat, I can be like, okay, cool. I remember, I can go back and sort that out. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense and it's fair. I think that, I definitely think that everyone kind of has to find their own way around um, managing their time based on like how they kind of operate. And I also think from from what you're saying, having having people around you that support you with that is also really important. Uh, you mentioned, you know, like your PA and like just people around you kind of remind you f- of stuff. I think that also um, contributes. It, it helps a lot. And on that note, I also wanted to ask, like you mentioned that you've grown your team to uh, 21 employees. Where uh, are those people that you met in varsity or is it people, is it external people? What, what are your kind of like relationships with them? Okay, so initially it was just my friends. Uh, they were at campus with me. Yeah. It was just my friends who uh, I, I told them, look, I'm starting this company. Web development is relatively easy. I'll teach you how to do everything. Uh, come join me. Like, and it was my friends for a long time. Uh, and kept being my friends for a long time. And then mm. it got to a point where I ran out of friends who were keen to do it. Yeah. So I obviously had to look externally and I started mm. getting applications, people wanting jobs from different places. But what I've done is I've created a win-win-win system. Mm. So I've hired students 
for everything, um, apart from one or two employees who are qualified. And the reason that I need someone qualified is purely because you need the skills for the job. That's yeah. What it is. So uh, if, I, if I had it my way, I would hire students for those jobs as well. Mm. Because number one, I am giving them experience. Number two, I am giving them a job. Mm. It's youth employment. Yeah. Youth employment in this country is at an all-time low. I am, I am providing them with, with, with this income, but it's also, because it's, it's a student, it also benefits the company. Students get paid way less than a qualified person would. And their times are also much more flexible than someone who's qualified is. So it's sort of a win-win-win system because I am benefiting them while they are benefiting me or, 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 or my company. It's, it's like a everyone wins situation. So I've, I've, I've tried my best to hire students everywhere. Um, I, I do know a lot of them and it's more because I trust them, but I do have a lot of employees who I had no idea existed before the company. It was just that I got applications and they were successful and it's been great. Um, uh, you know, meeting new people, uh, exploring new boundaries and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah, and I, I really think that uh, it, it speaks a lot to, you know, how you said that you really want to bring value to people. So it's cool to hear that you not only bring value, like in terms of the products that you make in your business, but also in terms of the employees hiring students to help them gain experience and earn some extra cash. I think it's, it's, it's yeah. a really cool way to, to continue providing value. Yeah, and, and look, I, I was in that position once. I, I mean, I have been a student all this time. And even when I was a student without any of this, you need that extra money. You need, you need the, I mean, when you get out of, of, of university, you need this experience, which must just come out of nowhere. How do you gain this experience out of nowhere? So it's like I'm helping them while they're helping me. And uh, it's not like they're being underpaid. It's just someone less qualified is obviously going to be paid less. And what I try and do is I try and train them up to have the skills. So when they come in, they, I have medical students who are working for me. They know nothing about web development. And I've taught them everything there is to know about web development. And they can go on, even after they've left the company, they can go on and build websites for themselves. They, they now have a skill which has been taught to them completely free of charge. They've been paid to learn the skill. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. Definitely that that upskilling would help anyone, like no matter what field they decide to go into later. Yeah. And yeah. like even when we send out our our job opportunities, we send it out saying student focused uh, or, or ideal for students. Um, we say no experience required. We We make sure that it, it, it is targeted at that student market. It's not like we're trying to close ourselves off. We have 19-year-olds working for us. I mean, I started the company when I was 19. So, and, and, and that has actually also helped the company that people will look at us and they're like, it's all these youngsters who are in the company. This is what we need. Look at the TikTok age. 
look at all of these admins on TikTok, they're doing whatever they want. And that's exactly what we're coming across as this young, energetic, vibrant company. But I've tried applying that to all of the companies. It's not just this one. I've tried applying that across the board. And it's difficult to replicate. It is difficult. Yeah. Uh, could, you, could you also tell us a little bit more about the, the other companies? Like, what did they do? Because I know um, Makerbyte is focused mainly on, like, web design. Uh, and so, yeah, what are the other companies kind of about? So Makerbyte Technologies is web development, graphic design, social media management, um, photography, videography. And then I own a studio, a photography studio, which works in hand with Makerbyte. So um, basically people can come through, do a whole lot of photography in this place. And um, yeah, just basically a simple photo studio. It's called Dastan Studio. Then um, I, I own a subsidiary of Mikabyte, which is called One by Mika, mm. which is essentially web development for high, high, high-end clients. So mm. um, as an example, one of our clients is Thomson Wilkes. Uh, it's Africa's most innovative law firm. Mm. And wow. those clients are more like really high-end. And what I've learned is that if people want me, myself, to develop it, they're willing to pay 10x. So... I'll obviously provide a better product because of the experience that I've had and everything that I've, I've, I've worked on. And then I have um, TapSlip, which is an app which is going to be launched soon, hopefully. It's been in the work for two years. Unfortunately, it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, and then I launched another company on Friday called Binormal. So um, essentially, it's a travel company. I want people to travel with me. So going to places all over Africa mainly. Mm. Um, and we have three different types of trips called Go, Trek and Signature. So Go by mm. Nomo is your student focused, really, you know, rough it up type mm. trips. Yeah. yeah. Um, where people are able to have fun and go on a journey without breaking the bank. Mm. Then Trek would be for the standard, you know, like family, they want to go somewhere, get out. Um, get an experience more than anything. It, it's more to create uh, a bespoke adventure for everyone. And um, the signature collection is for really high-end clients who want the best of the best. So, um, you, you know, everything from helicopter rides and hot air ballooning and all in between. So, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's the latest company. And um, there is a few in the works, which um, I'm not yet allowed to speak about, but... Yeah, and I've had failed companies. I've had failed companies as well. Mm, that is really incredible. Quite the, uh, quite the collection of, of, of experience and of things that you have built and are continuing to build. So that's really cool to hear. So the, the next question that I had for you is, I wanted to know sort of how much is was money a motivating factor for you in starting your businesses? And do you think that it's, it's good or bad to have money as a motivating factor for, for young people looking to go into entrepreneurship? Okay, I've, I've gotten this question a lot. Um, so before anything, everyone should know, I started everything with a thousand rand, 1000 rand, and that went to buying software. I was fortunate enough to have a laptop, 
given to me by my dad. I was fortunate enough to have that and an internet connection. So I was fortunate enough for those. Um, but I don't know if money was a driving factor. I can tell you now that I don't think it is now, even with this new travel company. I, on this first trip, it's basically like I'm not making money. It's just, I want to take people, I, I'm going on all of these adventures and people are always like, take me with. And I finally have the opportunity to be like, okay, come with, you know, like I'm, 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 I, I want to go with you to all of these places. I want to take people to experience new things. So for makeup, I, I want to say no, but I know I'd be lying because it was also a way for me to create some side hustle money in a way. Um, I was always told, you know, you need to have a side hustle. You need to make money on the side. So because I'd, I'd quit my job at iStore, it was like a, a lack of income. Look, I wasn't making, I was making peanuts at iStore. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> So, uh, but I, I did somewhat feel it, you know, like, um, mm. there, whatever what I was making, I wasn't making anymore. So I was like, you know what, maybe I need to start making that again. And so I, I, I would say it was a motiv- motivating factor, but it wasn't the main motivating factor. Same with every single company of mine. It was not, it, 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 it wasn't the main reason why I did it. I have... Like in the studio, if I'm honest with you, I have lost more money than I've made. But the reason I'm doing it is purely because I enjoy it. I enjoy people coming in. I enjoy having the space. I enjoy seeing what comes out of the space. I've lost money in it and I'm still in it. It's not, I I wouldn't consider it a failed company. Failed financially, 100%. But failed in terms of completing the goal that it wanted to in creating memories and wonderful images no it, it succeeded mm, wow yeah i think that's it's it's just really incredible to hear someone talk about failure in such a in such a positive light i think that's something that's missed um a lot and just being able to recognize the good that comes out of a situation regardless of how it turns out financially i think that's a really really important skill for um young like entrepreneurs and business people and just people in general to to kind of carry through life so i think yeah that's really cool yeah i i I agree and and i disagree because um makeupite was my first company and i was fortunate enough for it to have succeeded because it succeeded i was able to have this financial freedom with the other company if i didn't i would have felt it and i would have pulled out a long time ago so it is easy to say you know uh, it's, it's looking at it in a positive light i think it's, it's also because i've gotten to a point where i also don't even see failure as failure i see it as a lesson it has to be a lesson it i mean i think i've had three I, I've done this in, like this type of interview many times. I, I, I do lose track of things that I've done before. But I would say my third, I, I've had three to four failed companies. Um, and every single one of them, I learned something, which I have applied to my businesses, which have succeeded. 
So mm. you will always fail. You will always have things which go wrong. You will always have a reason to say no or to say I don't want to do this. It's the same thing with the whole mind, the whole South African mindset. It's messed up. It's completely messed up. The South African mindset is this mindset of entitlement and um, everything must be given to me on a golden platter and I am owed something and this and that completely completely wrong completely wrong I need money to make money I need this I need no you do not need money to make money you need an idea you need uh, you need to work hard I have had sleepless nights it doesn't come easy people just think Oh yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but nothing's working. As an example, if you have a good idea, do you know how many people want to invest in your idea? And I was I was in that place. I needed money, I had an idea. The problem is I was too scared to share it because I was scared people would steal it. And I was worried about the IP around it. And I delayed it so much and so much that it eventually got developed by someone else completely and became something amazing so yeah it, it there'll always be an excuse there'll always be something just do it just go out there just even if you're not starting your own company work hard in your in 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 working in another company work hard do your best learn the learn a skill it's so like our our south african mentality is completely wrong mm i get you no i can i completely get you everyone feels that they owe something everyone everyone feels that they are owed a job they are owed a certain amount of money no that's not the way life works you need to work hard for your money i have worked extremely hard to get to the point where i'm at people only see the good because that's what social media portrays that's that's what everyone wants to see no one knows about the nights i've had where i i i haven't slept and i've sat at my computer crying because things aren't working out or the the the, the amount of stress that i've had to burden from clients who are unhappy or who i've i've had to fix or who their website suddenly disappears off the internet and you have to I mean I was on a road trip at the start of this year around the country and one of my developers just didn't do the work and so while we're busy road tripping around the country I'm sitting at the at the back with my laptop busy working trying to get this website up by myself while there's no responsibility left so it's it's more people don't understand the hard work that goes into it and it will reap the rewards even if it fails you can use what you've learn from that failure to take to your next and your next and your next and your next and if you don't have multiple companies even if you have one that is such an amazing achievement even if you don't have any companies it's if you don't have any businesses you you're just working your 9 to 5 that's an achievement in itself because you are working towards building a bigger goal you're working towards helping others to, to towards as an example say now you're an accountant or say you are a retail worker you are helping people get what they want you are it, 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 there's always a bigger picture which we need to look at yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely and and on that note 
you you know you kind of delve into some of the most challenging times that you've that you've faced that maybe most people don't see so what what do you think has been the most uh, some of the most challenging moments or experiences for you that you wish more young people knew about? Um, I think something very challenging, which I've seen a lot of other companies in this field fail at, was getting on your feet, getting your first clients, getting that kick start. Because once it started, I haven't advertised since October 2020. Like, in terms of a, a, a boosted promotion. It's all been organic, organic uh, uh, promotion. And I mean, every day we get a new call. There's a new client, there's a new something. So I think in terms of difficulties, I think it's just more client expectations. There's a lot of expectations which you need, which you need to meet. And you as a business owner are always held liable for what's put out there. So you need to always ensure that what you're putting out is of the highest quality. It's not some subpar thing. And getting people on your team who understand that, who will work for the name instead of working for the money is very difficult. But I think I think that, that there is a lot of challenges. I, I, I don't know if I can point out exactly like, you know, this was a challenge or that was a challenge because, I mean, monetarily, again, it started off with a thousand rand and it's grown from there. It was never this huge financial issue or anything. Oh, I can tell you what, what was a difficulty. It was expanding overseas to London and Dubai. So we have offices in London and Dubai and it's not what I thought it would be. <laughs> um, their markets are completely different to us. You need to work a completely different dynamic for them. I mean, what, what I did worked here, it is most definitely not working in London and Dubai. So, I mean, I have paid less attention to it, yes, but the, the attention that I did pay to it was not worth it. I didn't reap the rewards for it. And I feel like with, with the travel company as an example, the local market is in my market. It's the overseas market, bringing those people to Africa. So you, you have to know your market. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that people can definitely learn uh, a lot for that from that. And yeah, I think, you know, it's been such an incredible conversation uh, to have with you, Mikhail. Uh, and, you know, just, just before we kind of wrap up, uh, I just wanted to ask, like, where can people find you on social media? How can people support you or, you know, get in contact with you and learn more about you? Sure. So um, you're more than welcome to visit uh, my company page, Mikabyte.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Mikhail Umar. Um, I'm on Twitter, Mika, at Mikael Umar. Um, I'm on Instagram, it's M-I-K-X-E-E-L. Um, where else do you want me? Um, if you search my name pretty much on any platform, I usually have an account there. Um, so yeah, um, and everyone's more than welcome to email me. It's Mikael at Mikabyte.com. Um, yeah, and uh, Puikanyo, thank you so much for having me.
I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate this opportunity, and I wish you all the success in the world with uh, this venture of your your podcast and for the future. I I love the idea, and uh, I think you, it's 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 very very good for for this country. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Mikhail. Uh, I'm sure that people who have listened to this episode and have gotten this far will be more than likely to come and visit you on your pages, and it's been incredible to chat with you. Uh, but just to just to end off, I've got one more question that I love to ask every guest on my podcast, and that is: if you knew that every young African person was listening to this episode right now, what would you want to say to them? Fail more. Fail more. Fail more. Fail more. You'll learn more. <laughs> You'll grow more. Brilliant. Fail more. Don't be don't be afraid. Mm. Just and stick through to your roots. Don't. Don't be fake for anyone. Mm. Don't change for anyone. Just be you. Mm. Wow, short, sweet, apt. I think that's some brilliant advice to follow. Fail more. Stick to your guns. Stick to who you are, and and I think you'll be able to get far. Thank you so much, uh, Mikhail, for again for chatting with me. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it, and wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I really hope that you enjoyed it and that it brought you tremendous value. If it did, please leave a rating for the podcast on whatever platform you use. Like, share, comment, subscribe and follow us on social media at For the Future ZA. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast episode. Thank you so much and have a good one.